There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch themselves. I'm Henley, and I'm too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I like watching scary movies, and so I watch them and I tell you about them. You may have noticed... No Emily this week. Ugh, we miss her. We miss her so goddamn much. Mm-hmm. Really. It's it's hard to go on without her, but the show must go on. So here's the thing, though. Even though she's missing from the podcast this week, mm-hmm. I actually got to see her IRL mm. just a few days ago. I got to spend several hours with our beautiful Emily in the flesh. Several hours? (laughs) Several hours. Okay, bragging. (laughs) (laughs) Almost a full day. Um, Honestly, it was so great. I mean, I obviously saw her at the wedding, which was fantastic, but it was really nice to just like get her to myself and be able to hang out for like part of the day. And she came over and hung out with Silas and Silas fell in love with her immediately. I took lots of cute pictures of them together. They're like really cute together um we went on a nice walk we went downtown we had drinks we had dinner joel was there it was just it was great it was so great to see her i'm very jealous and i just don't know what to do with myself i guess i'm gonna have to come to new york and sammy i would pee my pants if you came to new york oh my god i would be so happy if you came to new york i'd pee my pants too Good. In solidarity. <laughs> In solidarity. I bet Silas would pee his pants. And well, that's a good we would just <laughs> be a bunch of pee pantsers. Um, it was daylight savings time last night. And I thought for sure that it was the, the bad one where you lose an hour of sleep. And so mm-hmm. I was like, last night, um, you know, when you're like stressed about falling asleep because you're like, oh, like I'm going to get less sleep than normal anyways. And so I like kept myself up later than I meant to stressing about a problem that wasn't real. And it was actually the opposite problem. <laughs> That's really funny. That sucks. When did you realize it was the opposite problem when In you the woke morning up? When I woke up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, I woke up and it's like before when I normally wake up, I was certain I was going to wake up at like 10 a.m. And I woke up at like before 7 a.m. and was so confused and then really delighted. But I still feel like out of whack nonetheless. So I feel like my brain, there's there's something disconnected in my brain where I do that kind of shit all the time where like I can't remember. I can't remember, for, for example, like time zone differences. I'm always like California, three hours behind New York, three hours ahead of New York. Like I do this every week. I have lots of friends live in California. I'm constantly thinking about it. Why can't I keep it straight in my head? Like, I just feel like I have some, I'm dyslexic in that way. Yeah. I just also feel like everything is hard. And where are we 
what are we doing all the time, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That too. (laughs) That too. Yeah, that's kind of, I feel like I'm there mentally and I don't have a a four-month-old. The four-month-old is making me go crazy. Like, I'm actually fucking crazy now. So there's something that we've talked about in the past, which is that maybe we're living in a simulation. And so here's the thing. You're feeling it. I am 150 million percent convinced I'm in a simulation because I don't do anything except hang out with my four-month-old, right? But what we do together is we go on walks. We don't go on walks at the same time every day. We go on walks at different times. It's totally dependent on when he needs to nap. It's different every day. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. I see the same fucking people on these walks every day. And I'm like, you again, it's a different time of the day. (laughs) We're We're on the same street though. Are you just always walking up and down this street? Like, I don't feel like I'm in the Truman show. I just feel like I'm like just in a glitch in the simulation. Like they've forgotten about me because I'm just taking care of this four month old. And they're like, she won't notice if we just use the same, if we recycle the same people. The same actors. <laughs> um, I don't I even pay- think they're actors. I think they're just like a collection of, you know, computer gigabytes. I'm, I believe it. I'm on board. We're in a simulation. Okay, and great. That's that. Sammy, you're in a place where you'll just agree with anything. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I have no brain power of my own. Tell me what reality is. I accept it. Fair. Um, but one thing that I did this week is I watched a movie. One of my favorite things to do. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and this week I saw Last Night in Soho, which is out in theaters currently, directed by Edgar Wright, written by Edgar Wright and Christy Wilson Cairns. Starring Thomason McKenzie, Anya Taylor-Joy, Matt Smith, Michael Aheo, Terrence Stamp, and Diana Rigg in her last role, R.I.P. Um, and we have a guest with us today that is my go-to person to talk about horror movies with. You may remember her from our Babadook episode, which was excellent. She's the best stephanie albala welcome Hi. <laughs> I'm, so happy to be back. I'm so excited um how are you mentally stephanie are you uh, are you better than us are you are you on the same pretty level the same. pretty yeah. much the same yeah i don't have a four month old but i'm very tired because i went to sleep very late yeah um today's the la marathon yes I did not know that and it so we got home me up this morning no. We got home so late last night that we couldn't get to our house. So we had to park like two miles away and walk home at like 4 a.m. Oh, my God. We like drove around trying to like get through because we live off of like Glendale and Sunset, like how they cross over. And all of Sunset is closed. Yeah. So I'm like a zombie right now, but I'm like ready for this. Yeah. Okay. So listeners, it's going to be, we're going to have some fun today. We're all in a really good, good, healthy headspace (laughs) working. Brains are working at tip top shape. Well, Um, the good news is I'm really freaking excited to hear about this movie. Yes. I am amped. This is one that was, uh, long anticipated. It was a supposed to be a pre COVID movie, obviously postponed. I think it was supposed to come out, um, in September, 2020 and it just came out. Um, I don't know, Wait, two weeks ago. But, but before we get into the movie, I have a very important question to ask yes. Stephanie, which Ooh. is 
um, can you please tell us about your Halloween costume this year? Great question. Great question. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Um, I was my King Gabriel, my literal icon for the year. <laughs> it was my favorite movie of the year, maybe of my lifetime. And I just fell head over heels for Gabriel. So I had to be Madison slash Gabriel. Yeah. Um, I, your relationship with Malignant has been so fun to watch. I feel like, cause I think I watched it before you and I was text, I texted you about it and then you watched it. How many times have you watched it now? Cause I feel like you watched it once and then you had a watch party and you were just like so obsessed with it. And I just like kept getting texts of like new things you realized <laughs> in it. And you were just like this part of Malignant you, I loved how much you loved it. I loved it. I watched it three times. I was so excited that it was free on HBO that I was trying to get everyone I know to watch it before I left. Yeah. yeah. And then the more like movies I watched that I was also excited about, like, uh, like Titan, I was so excited. And then I was like comparing them and I was like, wait, is malignant about identity too? And like uh-huh. gender mm-hmm. and like going mm-hmm. to this place of like, is it actually that deep or is it just me obsessing over this movie so much that I'm like seeing something that isn't actually there? It's fun. I though. just, Loved it. Yeah. You honestly inspired me. I was like, oh, I guess I should watch it. And then <laughs> I loved it. It changed your life. <laughs> it was a special one. It really did. <laughs> um, and listeners, if you'll remember, Stephanie's like the fucking queen of Halloween costumes. And yeah, her Gabriel did not disappoint. There's a little clip that we'll have to post of a little motion front and back view of Gabriel and Madison and God, you just, you really nailed it. I'm so impressed year after year, just blown away. (laughs) I know this one, it doesn't disappoint. I saw, I saw like the little video clip of you and it's amazing. I will say um, it is a bit of a spoiler. So if anyone wants to, um, (laughs) (laughs) don't check out Stephanie's costume. You don't want a, the, the massive, mind-blowing <laughs> spoiler spoiled for you. That's very um, true. Good call out. <laughs> very true. Very true. That's one of, yeah, that I loved doing that um, episode of the podcast, hearing about that movie. Just, I was laughing so hard for so long. I was like so crying fun. listening to it. Just like, la- <laughs> like reliving it and like laughing so hard. Like. The movie so is funny. just absolutely unhinged. It's perfect. so unhinged. It's really <laughs> a perfect film. <laughs> um, Stephanie, what's your like uh, feelings about Edgar Wright in general? Are you a big Edgar Wright fan? You were were you excited about this movie? Tell I was right. very excited. I love Scott Pilgrim. I love Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Anya Taylor Joy, and I am obsessed with the '60s. So I was like very excited about it. And then there was another trailer that came out kind of recently and I was kind of like, mm, I don't know about this. Yeah. Like it just showed more and I really did like it. I feel like it had some issues, but I feel mm-hmm. like just like being in the world was so fun that it yeah. ended up just being like a really fun and like visual journey. But like the story is kind of like, whatever, like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I agree. I was really excited for it. I also I love Edgar Wright and he's such a he's such a great director that I like can't imagine a fully awful Edgar Wright movie like no matter what, like it's going to be visually cool and like inventive. He always is like the editing in his movies is always so great. And um but I had listened to pop the pop culture happy hour review of it and they like 
hated it. They were oh, really, they were saying there was one guy. Um, I can't remember his name now, but he's like one of the main hosts of the show. And he was like saying like, as like a huge Edgar Wright fan, I've like, haven't hated a movie this much in like years and years and years. And it like really wow, stressed wow. me out. <laughs> and so I went into this with very low expectations and then was like, really pleasantly surprised. I had a great time. It, yeah, just like you said, it's like very visually cool. The world is great, very fun to look at. Um, and yeah, I had a, I had a good time. So I'm really curious, like what he, I mean, is this going to, is it going to ruin it? If you say like what he hated, do you want to wait till the end? Yeah. Well, we'll wait till the end. And I don't, I, you know, I, I feel like it was also partially just something that he couldn't totally explain but yeah we'll talk about it more at the end but I think he just had like a bigger emotional reaction to it than like what actually happened on screen or, mm. or something because it seemed a little disproportionate to what well, he was he, describing if he's a massive 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 Edgar yeah, exactly. fan, maybe mm-hmm. it's just he was had extremely high expectations right that's what mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking that it's like he was being a little unfair um mm. but he, ha- he did have some points that we'll talk about at the end um, and some trivia about the movie. It has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 65 on Metacritic, a 7.6 on IMDb. It's the budget. Good. Yeah, pretty good. Budget was 43 million. So far, it's made 8.7 million, um, but they seem like kind of happy with that, I think, because. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't totally get it, but I was kind of reading about it and there was some. Uh, rep for the filming like we're very happy with our opening weekend numbers because people aren't going to the theaters I guess as much and except for blockbuster movies and I think Halloween weekend which I think is when this came out um, was a, a low weekend in general and so I don't know they seemed like that was higher than they, they thought I think they, I think they thought it was gonna like completely bomb okay. yeah and so I guess it did a little better than they thought um, and this is a weird trivia that Thomas and McKenzie dropped out of Top Gun Maverick to star in this movie. I feel like I've seen trailers for Top Gun Maverick and I don't, I don't know which part Thomas and McKenzie would have been, <laughs> but Did she have been like the main, is it, is it Miles Teller that's in it now? Yeah, I think like, so. Would it have been her maybe? Right. Like all the roles that I think that she would have fit in would are now to men, which I Mm -hmm. feel like probably would have been cooler with Thomas and McKenzie. Yeah. I'm loving her. Yeah. She's, she's great. Um, What else was Thomas and McKenzie in? She is in a movie called leave no trace. I think was the first thing I saw her in. Um, She was in a movie. I think Jojo rabbit. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. And then she was in something recently. Oh, she's an old. Oh, oh, that's yeah. right. Okay, yeah. That's right. Um, that's why her name had come another up recently. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I guess th- this trivia says continues Edgar Wright's unofficial tradition of casting actors from the James Bond films in key roles with mm. the casting of both Diana Rigg and Margaret Nolan. Rigg had previously cast ex-Bonds Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan in Hot Fuzz and Ooh. The World's End, respectively, with the latter film also featuring ex-Bond, ex-Bond girl Rosamund Pike. I never knew that he did this. I thought that was kind of a fun little trivia. I, I thought it was extra fun, too, that both of those actresses were, like, iconic, like, 60s actresses. Yeah. And then they were, like, 
cast in this world. Yeah. As these yeah. like older women. Very cool. Yeah. That's cool. perfect. Um, and I don't know why this trivia is phrased this way. Edgar Wright mentioned in an Instagram comment that the director of photography, Chung Hun Chung, also shot The Handmaiden for Park Chan-wook, which I just wrote it down because The Handmaiden is like one of the best fucking movies ever made. If you guys haven't seen it, watch it. It's so good. But like, why did they phrase that trivia that he wrote it in an Instagram comment? <laughs> like, it's very weird. The trivia is just that this cinematographer was also the cinematographer that. But we the don't only need an Instagram to, comment. The only way to confirm <laughs> the reference <laughs> comment. <laughs> That's the only reference we got. Very strange. Um, and that's all trivia I have. Ooh, are we going to watch the first trailer or I the one? Yes, I think we watched the, te- the teaser. So that's the what piece. I saw first that got me excited. I actually haven't seen the trailer, Stephanie, that you saw that you got concerned about, which is probably mm-hmm. for the best. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do the teaser. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got troubles, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know. Downtown. Just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Sidewalks where the neon signs are pretty How can you lose? The lights are much brighter there You can forget all your troubles Get all your care, so go downtown Things will be great when you're downtown No fun place for sure Yeah, that trailer rocks. Yeah, it's a great teaser. And man, I'm always like when actresses have like beautiful singing voices, it's like, what the fuck? Like, so yeah, I was gonna rude say, and unfair. <laughs> I didn't realize that was Anya Taylor-Joy until she's like, you see her singing it. And then you're like, oh, right. That's her voice. Holy shit. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. She's so talented. It's annoying. Yeah. It, 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 it did make me like mad to listen to her sing. I was like, okay, what? Well, like, you just weren't even going to mention this before now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a common thing though. Why is that? Why do they usually go together? There's something about being an actor and singing. I mean, it, it, you just have that 
voice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I do not know, but, um, great little teaser. And I feel like I fancy myself. I think I can do a Thomas and Mackenzie impression. <laughs> I need to see this. And wait, what did she just say in the trailer? She's do you believe in ghosts? Like, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> do it again. Do it she again. Just talks like this. Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, well, I'll perfect it. But as I like left the theater in my car, I was like practicing my Thomas and McKenzie. <laughs> doesn't sound like her. <laughs> I'm going to get better at it. I need to like watch clips of her talking, but she just has, she's such a like perfect person to do an impression of because she just has such a specific voice. Oh Nobody else talks like that. She does like a baby voice kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a tiny little voice. Yeah. Um, okay. Should we get into it? <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. wait. I'm really curious. It's too bad that what you said that you think the story actually isn't as they make this, it look like it's going to be such a good story in that, in that teaser. It still is. It still is. Yeah. It's fun. And it's like a good little mystery and some nice twists and turns. It's just, it has problems, but I still enjoyed it. I like had a good time watching it. Oh, I'm really curious. I can't wait. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, I'll dive in. So 
the movie is super visual. So it opens on what seems like a woman on a stage, but it's all like blacked out and the light is coming behind her and she's like wearing a ball gown and it's very dramatic. And then we zoom in and we see that it's actually Eloise, who's our main girl, mm-hmm. Thomason, Ellie for short. And she's wearing just a dress, like a gown full of newspapers. It's like made out of newspapers. Mm-hmm. She's like kind of dancing around and singing in her room and like singing in the mirror. And then we see a woman's reflection in the mirror with her and she asks it, is it good news? And then her grandma comes in at that time with a letter and she's gotten into some famous fashion school in London. Mm. So her grandma's like very worried about her. We haven't met her mom. Seems like maybe her grandma's her caretaker. She's very concerned about her going to London, but she's also very excited and very proud And she talks about that also being her mom's dream. Mm. And she's kind of talking to her about, you know, it seems like they live in a small town and London's a big city. It can be a lot. I was like, they literally say like 30 times in the film, like London can be a lot. Like London is a bad place. (laughs) Like weird. London or do you love London? (laughs) And is it that scary? I don't know. I don't know. It is a big city, I guess. Um, So her grandma kind of starts to acknowledge like a gift that Ellie might have. And Mm -hmm. she says that she hasn't seen her, seen her mom in ages. So it's kind of like, we assume that that woman in the mirror is her mom. She has some sort Mm -hmm. of like gift of sight Mm -hmm. and her mom is probably passed. So she heads to London on the train. She, when she arrives at the train station, she takes a cab. There's a nice man driving the cab, or so it seems, just chatting away in the cab. And then, like, progressively, the conversation starts to get, like, really weird and kind of creepy. And he's, like, suddenly, like, asking her, like, if she's a model, like, she has the looks for it, she has the legs mm-hmm. for it, and is asking about, like, other, like, hot girls that she, like, knows and, like, lives with. She gets like super weirded out and it's like a very subtle but weird and real conversation that you would probably have with like an older man, yeah. you know, but they do yes. it so well because at first it's just like, oh, yeah, he's a nice man. And then it's like, Mm-mm. yeah, yeah, but she has like, she has the courage to just like get out of the car. She's like, just stop here. Like, I don't want to be in the car anymore. Basically says that she wants to go to the store and she'll walk the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. So when she goes in the store, she sees him just like still outside like kind of lingering looking around for her like waiting for her a little bit and then he finally leaves so she walks to her dorms and she meets this sweet boy outside and he like offers to help her but I think just like after that experience she's like kind of on the defense so she just like kind of storms into the dorm without like really acknowledging him and then we meet who I believe is the scariest part of this film a girl named Jacosta. Jacosta. Oh no. <laughs> she is the monster of the film, I truly believe. Yep. I've she's so scary. Yeah. Wait, what makes her scary? She's like so beautiful. She's super confident. She's like well dressed. She is like drinking and smoking and like kind of like the cool girl. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of start talking and she tells her she's just going by Jacosta. First name only. She doesn't need a last right. name. Hell yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jacosta, you will remember that. Yeah, you will remember. She's right. She mm-hmm. tells she tells Ellie she looks like an Eloise. 
And then they finally like make a connection over both of their moms pass like passing. So mm-hmm. she, you know, she says like, finally we have something in common. Like my mom is dead too. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like starting to like one up in the conversation. She's like very much that type of person. She says like, my mom died when I was 15 and oh, Eloise yeah. says, oh, mine was when I was seven. And uh, you see Jocasta like have a moment of like realizing like, oh, that's more sad. And her being like, oh, fuck. She's like, well, it was probably easier at that age anyways. And so she just like, it's like this weird competition that she's having with her that, yeah, Eloise looks very uncomfortable with. Very uncomfortable. And the new girls arrive in the hall. So she like gets really excited to meet all these new girls. And so she drags Ali out there and she tells the girls, we're both in the dead moms club. And then she starts talking about how she lost her mom to cancer. And one of the girls asks Ellie how her mom died, which is very rude. Yeah. And she, yeah. And she tells them that she was unwell and that she killed herself. And so Aww. Jocasta's instinct immediately is to say, my cousin killed herself. I know oh, exactly yeah. what it's like. Yeah, I know exactly what you're feeling, what you went through. Um, in this point in the movie, I, and I do this a lot in movies where there's like bullies or character, like side characters that piss me off. I'm like, Thomas and Mackenzie's more famous than you. (laughs) (laughs) I like get mad at the actress. I'm like, yeah, jokes on you, bitch. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) What a beautiful instinct. Yeah. It makes you feel better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it's okay. Sammy, it's okay. Thomas and Mackenzie's actually the more famous successful one. (laughs) <laughs> <Calm down. laughs> I love that um yeah she just honestly proceeds to get like worse and worse over time believe it or not yeah um so they end up going out to a club and Ellie's like very uncomfortable so she kind of like escapes to the bathroom and all the girls go into the stall next to her to do coke and they don't realize that Ellie's in there and so they just like start talking shit about her I think at one point Jocasta's like she'll probably kill herself before the semester is over like what? they're like true creatures like yeah so awful yeah it's awful and so ellie leaves and she's kind of like lingering in the streets and she has this moment where she sees this man in the in a doorway is it at a is that a sex club like what is that i don't know it's kind of lit up with like a red light but yeah maybe um but yeah it's just this kind of weird moment of her looking at this man and they make eye contact He's like an older man. It's like kind of a slow motion moment. Yeah, nothing's really happening, but like she's just really noticing him. And so she heads back home to the dorms and she's just minding her own business in her bed, listening to her headphones when Jocasta, Hurricane Jocasta, comes in with a guy, (laughs) making out, ripping off her shirt, literally flinging it. It hits Ellie, like truly the worst roommate ever. I hate her. You guys, I had in my college dorm, my roommate had sex with me in there. To have did you guys ever have that experience no. of someone ha- hooking up with someone in the same room as you it was really horrifying they thought I was asleep and I didn't know what to do so I just laid there <laughs> oh my god no I feel like that definitely did happen to me that definitely did happen to me in college oh, oh it's, it's like it's so horrible it's it, so horrible dorm rooms are the so fucking worst being in just two twin beds, like right next to each other Literally with a person right you don't know. <laughs> you're just like forced to be with this person. Yeah. That's so oh. intense. And you're like kind of a child still. Like yeah. that's your first like kind of grown up exper- like experience. And mm-hmm. that's unpleasant. I-, I remember there was someone I knew in college who I was telling us that she'd like hooked up with someone in their room. It was freshman year. 
And she's like, and my roommate just got up and left in the middle of it. Isn't that so nice of her to like give us the room? <laughs> I remember just being like, that's not, she wasn't just, she was being nice. <laughs> so sorry. Excuse me. You, you have it. I'll be back later. That's not oh what happened. God. That is basically what Ellie does though. She leaves the room. She yeah. takes her comforter. She goes into like the common space, but everyone's like partying in there. So she was like, kind of like curled up with her blanket. Oh, so all of these kids, like just so sad. And we see that sweet boy again, the same one from outside. And he's kind of like coming to her defense when like one of the, like the other kids takes her headphones and they have like kind of a sweet moment, but she's in her own space. And of course she falls asleep and is late to her first class. Thanks again to Jocasta, the nightmare. Mm-hmm. And so she is back with that sweet boy. They're kind of like starting to like say hi to each other and acknowledge each other. And after class, um, it shows her on the phone with her grandma and she's kind of lying. Like everything's great. Love my roommate, love my life. Mm-hmm. And then it shows her on the phone with an older woman talking about going to see an apartment for rent in, in Soho. Mm-hmm. So we head to the apartment and it's like super old fashioned. It's like right up her alley, very like untouched. Um, and we meet the landlord, Miss Collins. Um, and so she accepts the apartment. And that first night when she's in there, she puts on one of her records and she falls asleep. And this is when that the shots in the trailer, when it's like the neon light is flickering and it's like kind of like zooming away underneath the sheet. Mm-hmm. yeah so she's like falling asleep in this space and then the camera like zooms out and then we see her walking through this dark hallway and when she goes to the other side she's like in London in the 60s so this is like in her dream she's like basically living in London in the 60s cool it's really fucking cool yeah, like the yeah. of this whole thing this is like when it really starts to get like super visual like that scene was incredible yeah And so she walks into this like beautiful old club and like everything's like gold and just like very fancy looking. And there's like a coat check man and he like asks for her cloak. She's very confused. She like gives him her hoodie (laughs) and then she like catches herself in the the mirror. And that's when we meet Anya Taylor-Joy. And so she's just like in that beautiful pink dress. Her hair is like all perfect. And it's interesting because they're kind of acknowledging each other, but I don't know if they're like seeing each other necessarily um and so she goes into the club and she's walking down this spiral staircase and it's such a cool scene because now you you're with Anya Taylor Joy mm-hmm. and Ellie is in the reflection of the staircase mm-hmm. so like in any in any moment they're like each other's reflection but now you're like inside one thing and- I liked about it too is that it's like not I liked that they didn't stress about having it be like exact mm-hmm. reflections because there'll be there's like a moment where Anya Taylor Joy walks down the steps and um, and Ellie is like so amazed by everything that she kind of like forgets to follow her for a second and then like run runs after her but in the reflection so I, mm-hmm. I don't know I thought that was kind of fun mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool too yeah this whole part was done like so well yeah. um, so she heads into the club and. She meets this like creepy guy that's trying to hit on her and she kind of like dismisses him and she says that she's looking for the owner. So she goes straight to the bar and she tells the bartender that she wants to sing in the club and that she's looking for the owner. 
he says the owner's not there, but there's a man named Jack at the bar and he manages a lot of the girls. So she's like, okay, like that's exactly what I need. Like I want to entertain in the club. So she heads over and talks to Jack and tells him that she sings and dances. And so he takes her out to the, onto the dance floor to like kind of show what she has basically. And this is like maybe my favorite scene in the whole mm-hmm. movie, which I like did a little research on and Edgar says that it was almost one take and it was perfectly choreographed that it's actually practical effects. There is no CGI. So it shows Jack and Sandy dancing. Sandy's like Anya Taylor-Joy's character. Mm-hmm. And then it twirls around and they switch places so that Jack is then dancing with Ellie. Mm-hmm. But it's all done in real time. So like it, they would like swoop down and like another girl would pop in and then they would swoop back down and the other girl would pop in. Yeah. And it's so cool. It's, it's so, so cool. cool. And it's, yeah, definitely like watching it. I was like, oh, this must be chore- choreographed, like just in such a way that it, cause there's like no way that it's, you know, CGI or anything like that. Like it's, it's just like a super, super well choreographed dance in which almost like every other dance move it's replacing Ellie with Sandy and it's just like going back and forth between them two just by him like twirling her out of frame and twirling the next one in frame it's really cool that is wait that's so cool is there any are you confused at all as an audience member at this point about who's like in the lead you know what I mean like is Anya Taylor-Joy like in charge or is Thompson McKenzie in charge? Yeah, it, it like kind of in, in these but. in the sequences where we're led to believe, you know, that um, Ellie's asleep. It, it's as if Ellie is kind of the passenger, like viewing okay. Sandy is, is in charge now. Yes. OK, got it. But sometimes she also is Sandy kind of. Yeah. But yeah, it does seem like she's like entering like Sandy's world. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes she's an observer and sometimes she is like living it. It's mm-hmm. kind of confusing without like seeing it to describe mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but it's done like really well. Yeah. So that creepy guy comes back and is like kind of trying to hit on her again. And when she like dismisses him again, he calls her a whore like on the dance floor. And so Jack like punches him and they have this like kind of romantic moment where they like run off together and they like, make out in a phone booth and he's like kissing her neck and they like run outside and he ends up driving her home and they make plans for the next night. And so Sandy goes back up to her apartment, which is actually where Ellie lives now. So it's like in Ellie's apartment. And as soon as Sandy like lays in the bed, Ellie wakes up to her alarm. Mm. So the next day in class, Ellie starts drawing Sandy in her pink dress and she's like very inspired she wants to make this dress um her like little model has um Sandy's hair and all of that stuff now and she's like very inspired by what she's lived um that same sweet boy John is his name ends up buying her a coke because he drank hers the night before and like kind of asks her out but she's just excited to go home and go back to sleep to like be back in Sandy's world um So she puts on another record and she goes back into like her like dreamland life to go on that date with Jack basically. And so Jack takes Sandy to this place called the Rialto. It's like a closed club. There's a man there and they tell her that it's for her audition. And that's when she sings that version of downtown acapella, like in the trailer. And she kills it. It's so good. It's so good. It's like very haunting. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so she gets the job. She asks Jack if he'll be her manager. Everything seems to be like really coming together for her. And so they go back to her apartment and right before they're about to have sex, Ellie wakes up. So at this point, Ellie is like truly very inspired and she goes straight to the salon and gets the exact haircut that Sandy has and the color. She's like slowly like evolving into her. Mm. There's also um, like she has um, a hickey from that oh, night yeah. too. Like yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. like blurring of the lines here. Like mm. it feels very real. Mm-hmm. And she's like kind of freaked out by that, but she's also like, yeah, this is cool. She's like, let's do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Okay, so then it she it shows her back at school, and she's like starting to make this dress, this pink dress, and her teacher is like very proud of her like her teacher is like very impressed by what she's doing and so like she's kind of gaining this confidence um and then she goes to a vintage tour after school she's like trying to kind of just like mimic sandy in general she like buys her exact coat um she ends up seeing where the rialto used to be which is like a it's like replaced by a restaurant now but she's just like kind of realizing that like these are real things that are Mm. happening in her dream that now she's seeing like in her like waking life basically Mm -hmm. um and this ends up leading her to a bar to get a job basically up the street because now she has rent to pay basically Mm -hmm. um And at the bar, she sees the man that was in the doorway at the sex club. And he's kind of trying to talk to her on the street and is like, what's your name? You look familiar. And she's kind of like brushing him off, like just another creepy dude. And he asks her like, who is your mother? And she replies, my mother is dead. And he says, I thought she might be. Most of them are, which truly like chilled me to my bone. (laughs) Like that is awful like what yeah. what does that mean that? well you'll see okay <laughs> um so ellie goes home is like very excited again to go back into her dreamland she puts on downtown the downtown record um and so she's transported to the audience of the rialto so now she's not sandy she's in the audience mm. and the way that the stage is lit, it just looks like there's like a blonde woman on like in the center of the stage and like kind of backup dancers around her. So she thinks that Sandy is like the star of this new show. And then the lights come in and we realize it's not Sandy and Sandy is actually just one of the backup dancers. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the first like glass shattering moment of like, "Hmm, maybe this actually isn't the dreamland that we thought that it was. Mm -hmm. But this scene is really cool too. And it's like, very like fossey cabaret-esque and like mm-hmm. very fun and like kind of creepy how cabaret is you know like with like the crazy eyelashes and like doll-like movements yeah. so, like everything's like feeling a little weird now okay and so we go backstage and we kind of see sandy like moping around a little bit and jack becomes like very aggressive and enters the space and he's like you know like your performance isn't done like kind of pushing her we're not really sure what's going on yet, but then this other like man comes in the room and is like, okay, like you guys go off together. And she doesn't want to go with him. She's like, I'm with Jack. 
and we don't really know what's going on yet. And then the camera like pulls back and like starts zooming into each of the rooms backstage. And we see all of the girls that are in the show, like one's doing drugs, like one's do- like giving a guy a blow job. Like we're really seeing like the darkness that mm-hmm. is like created by this world basically to, of these girls that like try and become famous or sing or dance or act. Mm-hmm. And like Jack is basically scooping them up and like, Pimping them out, basically. Pimping them out, yeah. 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 Okay. It's really fucked up, but it's also like a, it's also like a visually cool scene. It's like kind of like mm-hmm. Requiem for a Dreamish, like, mm-hmm. or it's like mm-hmm. really nightmarish, yeah, and like cartoonish mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, and I'd say this is like the first part that felt like remotely horror-y. because mm-hmm. like all the way up until now, like I've nothing's really been scary at all, and this is yeah, I think when it starts to kind of turn and get a little scary. yeah totally before that it kind of seems like a fantasy like you want Mm -hmm. to be in this world it feels very glamorous and then you're like kind of seeing it for what it actually is Mm -hmm. um and like from there we basically see sandy like asleep in the bed with like a bunch of money on the nightstand so we just like assume like she's basically been brought into this world like she tried to fight it but she can't um and this is when ellie starts to kind of also be like haunted in in her dreams but also like in her waking life by these like shadowy male figures with these like blurred faces Mm -hmm. she's not really sure like what this is like who they are they're just kind of like starting to show up in these dreams I thought the design of those men are it is so cool I mean it looks Mm -hmm. really creepy and it kind of um it reminded me a lot of the like design in Lucky where the faces kind of blend so it's like a shifting man's face and even a bit like the body shifts so that it it could be any man on the street it's like just keeps kind of slightly shifting so it's an unrecognizable man but it like could be any man and I I thought the way that they like the effect of it looks really really looks really good and really creepy yeah no I agree I feel like it was like very weird too like their mouths like would like kind of like move yeah it was really visually it's like so well done for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. um but this is like yeah this is when they start kind of like coming into like her real life too like she's starting to feel really overwhelmed and like seeing these images and being kind of like chased by these like thoughts Mm -hmm. and so she's kind of starting to act out and so at school she starts like kind of ripping up that dress that she was spending so much time on and her teacher's kind of like noticing like something's wrong Mm -hmm. um and then at work too, she's like very spacey and, um, and that creepy old man is like back. And for some reason he knows her name and he like kind of keeps like alluding to her being very similar to Sandy. Um, like talking about her hair and like her Just style. Just like, yeah, you remind me of someone. Yeah. Mm. Um, so at this point, like she no longer wants to be in those like dream spaces she's like very afraid to go home she's very afraid to go to sleep um but you know she has to and so when she finally falls asleep we see sandy enter this bar called inferno which made me so happy because i felt like that was like a full argento moment we got Mm -hmm. a lot of those moments actually yes even yeah in the trailer too i feel like when it like froze in the glass broke yeah yeah Yeah. very jello-y so fun um 
So we see her in this club. It's like kind of like an underground, like it seems a little bit seedier. It's not as like glamorous anymore. And it also feels like there's like a shift in like the late 60s. Like even her clothes seem like different. And it's like kind of more like mod, like short dresses. Yep. Um, and so she's kind of like basically made to like dance. Like Jack kind of like just like pushes her out on the dance floor and she kind of starts like her behavior becomes like very erratic. Like she's like, her dancing is erratic. She really seems like maybe she's like medicated or like something. She like no longer seems like herself. Yeah. Right? Or like disassociating. Yeah. yeah I feel like totally. She's just like not mentally there. Yeah. She's like checked out and just like letting these things happen to her. Mm-hmm. And like we start seeing like this like cycle. So she's like sitting in a booth and this is when Ellie's back with her. Ellie's like in the mirror, basically as her in the mirror. And she's watching like all these men kind of just like cycle through. And every time like they ask her her name, she just says like a, a variation of her name. Her She goes by Sandy, but her name is Alexandra. And so she says like Alexandra, Alex, Andy, Alexi, Lexi. And they all, <clears throat> they all reply, that's a lovely name. That's a lovely name. Oh, and it just like over repeats and over, over and, and over. That's a lovely name. And just oh, like every man says, Ooh, yeah, it's such a fucking unsettling scene. It's really so you're just like, Ugh. And they're all like ghoulish men. Oh. They're like licking their lips and like, Ew. it's really, and like, she's like fully checked out. Like she is like not making eye contact. She's just like gazing out. Like you can tell she's like, completely dulled from where we like first met her when she was like so vibrant and confident and like ready to like be something it's really sad yeah and so during this whole cycle one of the men like starts questioning her and he's like that's not your real name like you're better than this and she like immediately assumes that he's a cop Mm -hmm. and Ellie's kind of like had enough of this just watching this cycle through and so she starts trying to like bang on the glass to try and get Sandy's attention and so she finally like shatters through the mirror and like grabs Sandy and this is like wake up then or something yeah yeah she's like trying to like wake up but then she's like seeing more of the shadow men so it's Mm -hmm. like now they're like collecting it's not just like one or two it's like a huge group of these like shadowy like blurry faced men And she, like, has one of those things where it's, like, she, like, wakes up and she thinks she's safe, but then she's still in the dream. And then she, like, oh, yeah, I hate that. Always, like, the scariest. Yeah, I I think this is where a jump scare got me pretty good. Was it the bathroom part? I think so, yeah. So she, like, wakes up. Then she wakes up again. And then she, like, goes into the bathroom and she opens the door. And now, like, all of the men are standing there. It's, like, like, truly, like, a hundred men just Mm -hmm. standing there. And it's like a loud, like, Ugh. oh, so scary. <laughs> got me good. That one got me too, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's back at school. She's like truly like having a rough time. It's like suddenly mm-hmm. nighttime. Like, I don't even know if she like just like blacked out and like was just standing there and it's like a whole day has passed, but she's like not doing well. Mm-hmm. And so um, her friend John comes and asks her out. It's Halloween. So she's like, you know what? I'm ready to like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to go to sleep. Like, let's go out and have some fun. So they like put on this like fun, ghoulish makeup. And she seems like for a moment to be kind of like a 20 year old where she's Mm -hmm. just like going to the club and she's having fun. 
And it's like a really fun moment. And then as soon as she walks in, we see Jacosta, who is perfectly dressed. Yes, I loved these costumes. Jacosta and her friends. What are they wearing? Friends are dressed as the everyone from the craft. And oh, perfect! It's and she's Farouja Block's character. Excellent, um, so accurate. I was like, perfect. That is brava. <laughs> Incredible work. Really um, she's being super weird. Okay, this part I was very confused about because she offers both of them a drink. Yeah. Do you think that that was drugged, or do you think that that was just like not? I don't think so, but it is weird because it is like the, you know, camera like makes sure to yeah. zoom in like Jacosta's handing each of them a cocktail. And so we like clock it and we're like suspicious because we know she's a bitch. And um, and it does come back a little bit later. But no, I think it's just planted as like a uh, as a way to maybe question if they're if um, Ellie's hallucinating something mm-hmm or not I don't think that she is but I think yeah it was kind of weird because it is kind of just like but the hallucination stuff was already happening so like there's no way that this would like convince me otherwise yeah that's kind of what I was feeling too I just thought it like I was just thinking about it again today and I was like wait was that drugged like I wouldn't put it I wouldn't put a pastor to be honest but I agree I do agree it was just like yeah I think it's like kind of a red herring of sorts Mm -hmm. um so Ellie is like having fun for like literally five minutes and then she starts seeing like the shadows again and is just like she's constantly trying to escape them mm-hmm. so she's just like running out she's running out of the club mm-hmm. John chases her and she doesn't want to be alone so she invites John over even though she's not supposed to have boys over um and it's like another like two minutes where they seem like very happy. They're like making out. It's really sweet and really cute. And they're like laying in her bed and kissing. And she looks over and in the mirror, she sees herself as Sandy and she sees Jack on top of Sandy with a knife and like holding her down by her neck. And so she's actively like kissing John in this moment, but then she starts screaming about Jack and he doesn't, John doesn't know what to do. Doesn't, he doesn't know what's going on. He's freaking out because he's like, I'm like on top of you kissing you and like, are you okay? And it's actually like a really upsetting scene. Yeah, I agree. I was very um, stressed and like, yeah, upset in this scene. Because yeah, then Miss Miss Collins runs up, um, the landlady who's like very strict and like what a horrible thing for like her to run in on. Like this mm-hmm. guy- that she's never seen before in the room with Ellie. And it's, yeah, it's just like. And Ellie's like screaming like bloody murder, basically. Like she's screaming like, no, get off of her. Like. Yeah, she, yeah, exactly. She's saying get off of her. So it's like, and John's being like, get off of her. I'm not on you. I'm not, I'm not. He's like pleading with her. Like, what am I like? What can I do? What can I do? And we're getting like flashes of like knife and um eventually stabbing and we're seeing blood and sandy's now all bloodied on her throat but it's like um 
what happens that the mirror breaks? Cause something John's like, John like runs into the, he's freaked out. He runs into the mirror and it like shatters everywhere. And he runs over the broken glass. Ow. And I just feel so bad for John in this moment. Um, and yeah, I I can't remember really how it ends. Is it just with like John leaves and it's miss, miss Collins and Ellie in there. And she eventually, stop seeing it and calms mm-hmm. down and then she's like oh no like it, it, it's it's fine I'm okay <laughs> well, she, yeah because Miss Collins like I, I would assume that John was like attacking her so she's like are you okay mm-hmm. like did he hurt you and she you know Ellie's like no I'm okay like I'm good even though she's literally like screaming <laughs> um yeah, very traumatizing for like all parties involved, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the next morning, Ellie goes downstairs to apologize, but also she starts asking her about like, did a woman named Sandy ever live here? Was there ever anyone like murdered here? Did anyone die in this apartment? And she's like, kind of just like being kind of like cutesy and like avoiding the question. She's like, someone's died in every room in London. Like, <laughs> Which like is such a crazy, I, I, the theater I was in all laughed at that part. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's probably true. Every room in London. Maybe, it is such a dangerous place. As we know, as we established really, at the beginning really of the movie. Dangerous place. <laughs> it's very funny. It can be a lot. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's lots of murders. Yeah. I'm sure there is. <laughs> So yes. So the answer is probably yes. So, so yeah. Yeah. Probably she's Sandy. definitely been murdered there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So she continues to just see these like shadow people. Um, during class, she, she sees one. And so she like runs out of class. She leaves all her belongings outside or inside the class and on the way home, she sees a police station. So she goes inside, which is just like not, not the move. <laughs> no, never do that. <laughs> not the move. Um, so she tells them that she's having visions of a murder okay. of a named Sandy by her pimp in the 1960s. Okay. <laughs> it's going to go over really well. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like asking her, like, did you take anything? Like, <laughs> do you have like... A history of schizophrenia in your family like they're trying to figure out like what's going on um and there's two cops the female cop is like more empathetic and like I think she's just more like worried like again she says London can be a lot maybe you just need a support system mm-hmm. so Ellie kind of is just like okay like this is not gonna work I just need to do my own research so she goes straight to the library at school and asks to look up like murders and death and so in Soho in the 1960s in her like fashion school library. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> um, so it sees her, you see her like kind of scrolling through all these stories and like, there's like lots of like missing men and like, you know, it's London is a dark town. So there's like lots of murder. Mm-hmm. And so John actually finds her in the library. He's so sweet. He has all of her bags and like her belongings and brings them back and he's like, what happened last night? Like, are you okay? And she is honest with him and tells him that she's having these visions and what she saw the night before. And he immediately believes her. Oh, yeah. amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> refreshing. It's so refreshing. I'm sick of the people who don't believe. Just trust. If your right. friend, your new girlfriend, anyone tells you they're having visions, just believe them. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. And he's like, okay, how can I help? 
Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly what we need to hear. So he's doing his own research. She's doing her own research. Like she's starting to feel better. Like she had kind of like was able to tell someone and like they're on board. And then of course she starts seeing these shadow figures again. And so she's running like through the rows of books. She like grabs a pair of scissors out of her bag. She's like trying to run away from all of these different figures that are coming out of like all the different aisles. And she finally gets like caught by one of them. And so she raises the scissors and John stops her arm. And then we like zoom out and we see that she's literally about to stab Jocasta like directly in the face. Oh my God. And of course she like starts a scene, which is like understandable, I guess. Yeah. But I'm yeah. also like, Costa, fucking classic. <laughs> she's like calling for security. Yeah. Like, ugh. Um, so... I don't really remember actually what happens. I think she like runs out by herself uh, because she's so freaked out, Ellie, and knows that now like, you know, she's calling security or whatever on her. So she's just like trying to get the fuck out of there and run away from the men. And she like trips and falls in the alleyway and like smacks her head Mm -hmm. and um, sees again that same old man that we've been seeing every once in a while. And he she call she says now. Jack she like calls Jack after him like she's feeling like this must be Jack okay um and starts kind of trying to chase him and I think follows him back to the pub that she works at and it's just very funny she's like a, such a bad employee I like kept thinking <laughs> throughout the movie like, I know. There's one like, her, like her boss is like we love you girl but um <laughs> <laughs> It's like so very funny. He's your poor, like, yeah, total of two beers in the movie. Not that we should be following her at work every day. That'd be a boring movie, <laughs> but it's just like she's constantly late. And there's a there's a scene in which um I don't know, it just just made me laugh. Where like the boss is clearly like doing all of the cleaning, and Ellie's just like sitting <laughs> on a stool, like complaining, <laughs> like oh she's just not working ever, huh? It's very funny. But so yeah. she does walk into that scene and like she she walks in because she sees Jack, but then everyone's like, oh, you're finally here for your shift. So she was supposed to be there the <laughs> whole time. She walks in like literally dripping wet. Like she's like black makeup from like the night before still basically. And so she goes down to like her section of the bar and the man that she was calling Jack was sitting at the bar playing a song called Eloise, which was truly so creepy. Yeah, mm. fuck that. And he's like very weird and like kind of speaking in like, riddles and like starts singing the lyrics to her and is like so just like he's so creepy it's gross and so she starts asking him about sandy and he kind of goes on about like knowing all the girls in the neighborhood and like looking after them and like keeping them in line and he says that sandy was special and too good for it but at the end of the day, you all look the same on a slab. Another horrific line from Jesus this. Jesus fucking what? Christ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so Ellie at this point is like truly unwell. And she's like kind of starting to get agitated. She's like recording this whole conversation. She starts accusing him of killing Sandy and like kind of starting to like chase him around the bar and like he's getting really uncomfortable and like they're both kind of getting angry at each other and so he removes himself and goes outside and 
he says that Alex killed Sandy and she follows him out and like is screaming at him and like he turns around and like gets distracted and gets hit by a car what and it's really it's actually really sad and so then the the bar owner comes out and is like Lindsay Lindsay like it's Lindsay whatever and so she realizes that that's not Jack and she tells Ellie that he used to be a cop and so that's kind of when we realize that the guy in the dream that Sandy said like oh you must be a cop that was him so he actually was kind of like in a way looking out for the girls in the neighborhood they said that he used to work in like the red light district so he kind of would be like on watch making sure like everyone was kind of okay I guess I don't know it's really unclear because he's still like very creepy yeah um and the younger version of him is played by Sam Clayfin which was like very I like feel like I should have seen this coming because I'm like why was Sam Clayfin in that for literally 10 seconds that was really weird even then though it's like he literally yeah it is still weird and but like I guess also because he's like wearing blue contacts would have been another little clue here but it all just went right over my head and I was like huh <laughs> Sam Sam Clayfin cameo like what a fucking weird person to make a cameo to he must just be friends with Edgar Wright and been like yeah I'll do it something like that probably um so Ellie is like just completely unhinged at this moment because she mm-hmm. also just saw a man like die in front of her mm-hmm. and so she's just kind of like wandering around she's like calling her grandma from a phone booth John finds her again and just asks her like what she needs and she says like I just want to go home like home home like I need to go to my grandma's house I need to get out of here like I can't be in that apartment anymore and he's like perfect like I'll drive you let's go get your stuff and like let's get out of here like truly the best I'm like worried about John now though (laughs) (laughs) um so they head home and she's very determined to go talk to Miss Collins to like get out of her lease and like get some of her deposit back and so, I, I don't know. So no, she goes, just, yeah, yeah, no, like, just not worth it. it. It's not worth it. Not worth it. Um, so she goes in and she talks to Miss Collins and she's like kind of telling her like, this isn't what she thought it was going to be. Like, she just has to go home. Um, and so Miss Collins like makes her some tea and like calms her down and like is just like talking to her. And she tells her, you know, the police stopped by to check in on you. And they were saying that, you said that there was a, a murdered girl here if you like in the 60s and so miss collins starts to tell her like you know a young woman did die upstairs in a way the young me and so then we realize in that moment that miss collins is sandy oh okay and it flashes through and she's kind of talking about like she moved to the big city for her hopes and dreams as well and she basically like she said being a whore is basically being an actress pretending to be someone else pretending that it's not happening to you trying to forget all the men and their faces blanking them out to survive Jesus it's really it's really rough and so basically after all of these like hundreds of men that Jack basically like made her sleep with one night she ended up stabbing Jack so that wasn't her blood she killed Jack and then okay. after that, she just started killing all of the men. Literally every everyone she brought home. Okay. And then she would bury them in the floorboards. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a twist. Okay. 
And so like, she tells her the full story and like, we're seeing it basically like it's going through and we're like seeing the, yeah, seeing it visually play out. And she tells Ellie, like, you're not going to tell anyone like you're, you can't tell anyone. And this, in this exact moment, Ellie realizes that her tea has been poisoned. And like the Mm -hmm. reason she's never going to tell anyone is because she's going to die. And so she's like starting to feel it. So she's like, kind of like, like getting a little weak and starting to like be sick and then the doorbell rings and it's John because she's taking too long inside and he's worried about her and so she's like kind of becoming immobile but can still like move and so she tries to get up and Sandy like backhands her and in this process a cigarette like kind of flies off the table into like a container of records and so like there's like things are starting to like catch on fire a little bit and um she goes outside to open the door and Ellie is like able to like kind of maneuver herself outside to like scream to John to run Mm -hmm. and in that moment Sandy stabs him oh no in the stomach in the stomach it's bad it's probably one of the worst places to be stabbed yeah no thank you because it's a slow death yeah and it's very bloody oh my god So Ellie is like not good and she's trying to just like escape Sandy. So she starts like crawling up the stairs. And in this moment, this is like the last waking dream that we see, which is like another really cool moment. So it's going back and forth between like old Sandy and young Sandy and young Sandy is like all glamorous on like a set of stairs, like singing and like dancing. And then it like kind of cuts back to, old Sandy crawling up the stairs with a knife, like trying to stab Ellie basically. Mm-hmm. And it's really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And so finally Ellie, Ellie has like the strength to like kick her down the stairs and be able to like get away to get into her apartment because there is a landline up there so she can call for help. Mm-hmm. And so she gets into the room, she locks the room. And this is like the part in the trailer where we, you see like hands coming up through the floorboards mm-hmm. and like, like the shadow figures are like banging on the walls and like there's like glass shattering. And then there's a really cool scene where she's like pulled into the bed and all of these like hands are coming up from the bed and like holding her down, mm-hmm. which I feel like is another practical effect too. Didn't that look mm-hmm. like yeah, it looked very it looked, real? It looked real for sure. It really I bet it was. Um, and so then there's like one shadowy figure like standing above her and like holding the phone. And She's like, she can't move. She can't speak. And so we finally like hear what the man is trying to say. And he's saying, kill her. And then all of the men in unison say, help us kill her. Like over and over again. And it's like very scary. And so then we realize the whole time that they're not like chasing her to hurt her. They're chasing her to like tell her, like get out of the situation. Like this woman is bad. Mm-hmm. And they're like actually trying to help her, which was like kind of a weird twist. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. like, mm, I don't know if I like what's happening here, but where you're supposed to feel like sympathy suddenly for these men. Who right. Were <laughs> it's like, wait, but <laughs> have mm, sex with a like drugged out zoned out woman who didn't want to yeah, sex with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it like, was... I don't feel, yeah, I don't feel bad for you Mm-mm. either. <laughs> no, me neither. Um, so then in this moment, Sandy finally like breaks into the apartment and, 
um she tells Ellie that she didn't want any of this and like Ellie's like really showing her like empathy and sympathy in this moment even though she's like really fucking terrified yeah and she's like kind of showing her like she understands what she did she understands why she did it um and Sandy says she's like not going to jail and tries to like slit her own throat but Ellie stops her and just like says like don't like don't do this like you don't want to die like it's okay like I understand and is like really showing her like a lot of warmth that like she hasn't really had in so long Mm -hmm. you know like this person came in sucked the life out of her and then she just spent the last like what 50 years pretty much like alone Mm -hmm. thinking about all these men that she had killed crazy and so like you see like a shift in sandy for the first time and she's kind of just like get out of here like go save your friend like she just kind of like lets her go Oh, and the guy that she just stabbed in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like bleeding out. Like, yeah, he's gonna need medical attention pretty quick. So you're gonna wanna go. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, at this point, like the apartment is like fully aflame, like barely standing, like it is on fire. So she like dies with a half slit throat burning oh. to death <laughs> just oh. so gnarly yeah. she like literally halfway slit her own throat and then rather than just finishing that just sits on a bed and burns alive <laughs> this like, woman's what? life sucks <laughs> sucks so it's hard really it's very sad it's very sad but i was just like man that's a gnarly way to go just one two no thanks a one-two punch of a f- half slit throat and then burning alive no thank you no um so Ellie is like you know she's inhaling a lot of smoke she's like cut her hand she's like not doing good but she makes it down the stairs and she kind of like passes out as like the firefighters are breaking in and they're able to like save both her and John and so like that is like the end of that and it cuts directly to like some point in the future in the near future I don't know Mm -hmm. at school at a fashion show and a remix of downtown is playing (laughs) it's like a modern remix and then you see like three models go down the runway in like modern versions of like each of her looks in the movie so they're like inspired but they're not like exact in the way that she was originally making them Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna lie I got like a little bit emotional in this moment I don't know why I was just like wow that's really powerful (laughs) 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 um And then we like go back to the backstage and she like is just like seeming like a completely different person. She has like brown hair again, but she's like more confident and she looks in the mirror and she sees her mom Mm. and then John and her grandma come backstage and they have like a really sweet moment of like congratulations. And it's just like, everything feels great. And then Ellie turns back around and sees Sandy in the mirror and they like do that little, like little, touch the little fingers together. So it's like, still like a positive connection and it's like she's still kind of amusing her life but yeah I don't know the, the last like 15 minutes of the movie like kind of lost me sure yeah sure well it was like, yeah a lot was set up there's so much that was set up but then it's like Wait, she can, first of all, are we ever really going to delve into the fact that she can see ghosts? Like, are we going to explore that more? No, <laughs> you know? no we're just, we're that's not. just accepted. 
It's also like we don't explore like her mom's like mental health or her own mental health. I thought that's what the movie was going to be about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what it, it seemed like. It, it, it was constantly referencing her mom in a way like that was a huge mystery. But that doesn't Mm-mm. come back. I feel like as soon as like Sandy became a serial killer, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> um so that's so, the final so that's the final scene they like they, touch, they like touch hands in the yep. mirror mm-hmm. and roll credits mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. Wait, actually then then actually something even more bone chilling happened this was like actually the scariest part of the whole movie and i don't know why they did this during the closing credits it cuts to different images of the london streets during the pandemic completely empty for no reason no reason and it was so upsetting oh i don't want to go back to that place like what a weird choice it was so weird it was like he was just like well we're not going to get a chance to like shoot these again because the pandemic's happening now so i guess just toss them in (laughs) like what but it is is it's a really creepy seeing just like empty city streets it was really weird empty empty yeah they they do that in the morning show too I don't know that you guys have watched that season two. I have not. They did it in New York. And it's like, it does, it feels kind of like they're like, oh, well, might as, as well. Filmmaker, this is, this is cool to get these streets empty for free. Um, but yeah, it does feel like it's just thrown in for Very no strange. reason. Yeah. No real like narrative purpose of that. There's nothing in the movie that would, I don't know. Yeah. It just, it just doesn't really make sense. <laughs> so weird. I just emphasizing that London is a lot you know london, london's a lot it can be a lot it can be a lot everybody everybody left um, <laughs> there's too much <laughs> wait i really want to know what the guy on that podcast was saying so part of it that they were saying and i don't remember who was saying what it was three people talking about it one of them liked it i think about the same that as we did was it's like wasn't her favorite movie she's ever seen but she was like i liked it i enjoyed it one was kind of medium. And then the, the guy was like, yeah, he was the one that really hated it. Um, but so I don't remember who was quite saying what, but they kind of agreed that it's like a movie. I think something that bugged each of them was that it was like a movie about violence against women that just like showed a lot of violence against women. And um, also that John, who's the only black character, is just like a unquestioning support for like that he was like a little one-dimensional I guess mm. and there's parts where his unquestioning support is great like we talked about that yeah it is refreshing I hear that but there's like he, he's like I I think there are parts where he could have at least like <laughs> been not like smiling constantly like he's just so yeah unquestioning of her even when she's like screech like and I I mean I get I guess I get it also but it's I feel like he could have been a little bit more he reacted let's talk this through yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. I felt like they used him in like some weird ways as well like Mm -hmm. even that scene like of like Miss Collins like just assuming that he was like attacking her and like I thought mm-hmm. that something bad was going to happen with like the police and hit. Like I got like yep. a lot of anxiety with that. Yeah. Um, 
but also even just beyond him, like a lot of the supporting characters are just like, like, like we talked about, like her boss just being like, you know, you're like, Mm -hmm. you're so great. We love you here. And it's like, everyone's just, it feels like aside from, um, Ellie and Sandy, everyone else is a bit underwritten, I guess. And just that they're all just kind of, I don't know, not super behaving, super realistically. I and just serving the plot. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. And I think that's his style because if right. you really think about his yes. movies with characters, like that's kind of how he writes. Yeah. It's not yeah. good. It's not perfect or anything. Like I'm not excusing it, but it is like, I think that's he was totally very true. true to his style, which like, yeah. I'm like, well, like, okay. Like, yeah, it is what it is kind of, you know? Yeah. I think that's right. And I think it probably is just, drawing up more negative reactions just because it's a horror movie about violence against women and so it's obviously something that's a little more uh more more intense subject matter than he usually handles and so but um but that said I do think that their reaction was a a little disproportionate I think there are like valid criticisms to be made of of this movie I don't think that I like I wouldn't say that I hated this movie Mm -mm. I'd say, I mean, I'd say it's worth seeing. I thought it was, it's really beautiful. And Mm -hmm. yeah, going into it, like knowing that it's not going to be life-changing, that it does have flaws. I think you can still have a great time and see some really visually cool, inventive things that I hadn't seen before. That dance scene is great. Yeah. I think it's worth seeing. Yeah. And it's also different. It is different than what I expected the plot to be from the trailer, Mm -hmm. which was, I thought that it was just going to be Anya Taylor-Joy trying to like take over Thomas and Mackenzie's life mm-hmm. basically and like That's kill her and become you know just take her place or whatever um so I was kind of excited that that wasn't what the movie ended up being about although mm-hmm. that sounds cool too yeah I'm like I would rather watch that I think, <laughs> I think that could have I think that could have been good <laughs> yeah it definitely like, took a weird turn where I was like oh this is like not at all what I was expecting and it like kind of like went off the deep end a bit but like it was so visually cool that I like feel like I forgave probably more than I yeah, usually would. I guess the biggest thing is like what is it trying to say I don't like nothing literally think like it's not, don't, don't don't trust the glitz and the glamour of the 1960s nightlife <laughs> I guess so yeah I had done like I like read a few interviews after and what he was saying was like that a lot of people get like trapped in the obsession of nostalgia and like Mm -hmm. how him and like the co-writer shared a love for like the 60s and both like lived in Soho and -hmm. like he kind of got like trapped in this like place of nostalgia I don't I don't really know what that means though I guess just trying to like show the dark side of an idealized time yeah and like he was kind of saying like not much has changed which like is kind of true um but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, we can agree that it, it we, we liked it just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to say, I'm curious. I do. I would watch, I would watch this. It's yeah. not, it's totally. not so scary that mm-hmm. I feel like I couldn't watch it. And no. I'm curious about all the visuals and just Edgar Wright's directing in general. So yeah. it's if it was on like HBO, I'd watch it for sure. I think it'll be streaming. I like read online that they're doing now, like all movies that are in theaters, they're like, there's like a 17 day period of time when it's just theaters and then it'll be streaming. So I'm sure in a few weeks it'll be streaming somewhere. Oh, great. Yeah. Your wish will come true. Can't wait. Report back. Let us know what you think. 
I totally will. Um, um that was Stephanie, really fun. Thank Stephanie. you so much. Thank Thanks you. for having me again. I appreciate it. Oh my god, come um, back anytime. And I I feel like I gotta sign us off with my Thomason. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, have you been, yeah, you do. been perfecting it? <laughs> I just wish head? I could like hear a little clip of her voice. Do you want to listen to a clip of her really fast and then no, no, no. It? I'm just gonna talk through it and we're just oh. gonna see it hear it evolve right. <laughs> um from all of it all of it all of us here it's not that's not far off honestly i think it's exactly right from all of us here at too scary didn't watch no way. <laughs> no way. Goodbye. Goodbye. oh my god it's crazy okay but i it's it's, it's not so. Too far off. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Become a patron at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast for bonus episodes, trailer reactions, maybe some video episodes, all sorts of stuff over there for you. So head on over if you are interested. And if not, we will just see you right here next week with a regular episode. We cannot wait. We love you so much. Bye. Bye.